1: Stop beating your gums and sound the attack! All right, hello, 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 and welcome everybody to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. In fact, this will be episode twenty-three, I believe, and we are back on schedule after a tough week last week, uh, where we had to upload two in two days. But uh, Mitch has, we're back together in the studio here. Welcome. How are you going?
2: Hi, Lee. I'm good. Hi, all the listeners out there.
1: Yep, I'm also good, Lethal. That's Thanks. good. Skin on. Fantastic, and even your voice almost actually reflected that too, there was a bit more up and about nature in that. Yeah, I was really excited there, yeah. (laughs) Perfect, fantastic, well you should be excited as well Skin, because it is obviously a very big episode, uh, as we do tend to say quite often, Um, but we have a couple of things going on, Uh, in a second guys we're going to have Andrew Goaty on the phone, not actually as a guest, but just to help me tell a couple of stories from last week, Uh, obviously I was away in Adelaide as you would be well aware, uh, and Goaty was down there with me for that Queensland second 11 game, so we'll get him on the phone. We've obviously got plenty of cricket to talk about, including uh, our man and friend of the show, you would say, uh, Marnus Gakni and his performance during the last test. Uh, and then we're going to speak about a couple of rugby league changes. Has and a variety of other things as well. So, exciting episode. But before we do that, uh, there is probably a couple of pieces of feedback uh, on the socials, and you know that we encourage people a great deal to, to send in emails to hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au. Um, and we've got a couple of emails here uh, based on some of the things that we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks. So, the first thing, uh, this is from Nick Selman, was you... Uh, Email from him, and it, you've probably played a little against, against Nick Avenue. Has
2: I did play a little bit against him, but also played with him a fair bit growing up in the Queensland youth teams under 17s and under 19 stuff? So, uh, yeah, good mate of mine, Sally.
1: Perfect. He actually tells a story about he's got Mitch out in first grade. I think it's one it'll of his only first grade wickets. <laughs> <laughs> so Fantastic that's, story. That's great, Yep, great story. He said it was the stupidest shot he's ever seen.
3: Any truth to that skin? Uh, yeah, can't confirm. Thanks, okay. Sally. perfect. Nice little paddle sweep with a leg slip doesn't help.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Uh, Okay, so Nick is obviously quite a fan uh, of the races. So he was writing in in response to the episode, Yup or Nup to the Cup. uh, And his direct quote goes like this. The protesters can get nicked. He says a different word. Uh, they are on more drugs than the horses. <laughs> <Can> you tell <laughs> us Skid? what you really think there, Sally? Oh. <laughs> Skid. That's his feedback there. But then he actually does give you a little bit of credit skin and he says, okay. you actually do make a good point though. There's so much overbreeding and what are you supposed to do with the donkeys? <laughs> So obviously hey. really big as an animal animal rights activist Nick yeah know, he loves so his, yeah.
2: loves his horse racing and yeah. punting on them, that's that, for sure
1: that's, <laughs> that's exactly right uh and then has this one goes actually directly to Glenn so your dad we obviously had his debut on the show last week in song form um and <laughs> Carl Micken has written in uh hoping that we probably keep him out of the selection frame for a little bit uh, he says. <laughs> Question mark, can we put Haz's dad in the social sing
2: bin? <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, I'm, I'm glad someone else said it and not me, but I think uh, that won't uh, harm my dad in any way. He's just stoked that he got to get on the episode and got to contribute in some way. So Absolutely. I'm sure i will be trying to send in some more uh, content in the yep. future.
1: Get him in and obviously for all of you guys out there, make sure you continue to hit up our email address and give us some information because that's fantastic. Uh, guys, we're going to go to Andrew. Are you ready? Beauty. Fantastic. All right, Andrew, are you you with us? Can you hear us? No, we can't. It's a shame.
0: I'm hearing you guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, generally, like, the way conversations work is I'll say something (laughs) and then you speak back.
0: Yeah, good, boys. How are we?
1: No worries at all. The reason, obviously, just for uh, full transparency, obviously, this is the second time we've spoken to Ging, and once again, I'm back on the um, board this week, the old soundboard, and forgot to press record, so... Perfect.
0: Excellent. Well, that was a good two minutes that we
4: wasted there
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah perfect uh, Ging you're obviously with Haz and Mitch as well are you are familiar with them you spoken to them before uh, Very familiar very familiar from a good three minutes
0: ago <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. That's
2: right Hey guys no, how you going
0: no. Yeah, good buddy. How's the digit? <laughs> yeah, everything
2: is good. Got to play on the
1: weekend, which is nice. Is serious deja vu. I feel like we had this conversation before at some stage. Uh, mm. It does feel very,
0: like, very familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Uh, Giggus, the main, obviously, the main reason that we wanted to uh, get you on is because I was obviously we were in Adelaide together last week, which was ideal. Um, and I was sort of telling the boys, like, trying to trying to give them some information as to how good the trip was. Uh, but I felt like just coming from me that I wasn't <laughs> selling it. Well enough, so I thought that I would enlist mm-hmm. your help and just make sure that we are uh, that we got you there for a couple of stories. It was an unbelievable week, wasn't it?
0: It was a very good week. Um, obviously, Wednesday being forty-two degrees was an unbelievable day for the. Uh the sack of spuds but no it's
1: a good week <laughs> that's right and uh, one thing that i haven't informed you of boys so i'll do that live right now Gody made on that 42 degree day on wednesday godie actually made a hundred uh, which mm. was an incredible hundred very very impressive and the guy that was batting with him at the other end was well when he got the hundred was oh, okay yeah that's right. right so i was straight there for the embrace very very good emotional moment in my uh, life it was no, and then Gody also was actually the uh, presented my cap, my little second eleven cap as well, boys. So it was that that was a great, a great week. Yeah. Um, and Gingus, the uh, uh, you'll be pleased to know actually that uh, we put out a little poll last night on the Instagram page uh, asking who the Brisbane Heat should sign with their uh, with their remaining two spots. Obviously, they've already got Haz, so uh, we no one could vote for him. Uh, but your name came up a ridiculous amount of time. So obviously, you've still been striking the cricket ball pretty well since we uh, last spoke to you. Well.
0: No, I don't- Oh, it's really nice that my mum, dad and wife have send uh, <laughs> through their comments. So that's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Thank them. <laughs> no, nah, oh, well, uh, oh, yeah, I'll make sure to thank them later. Oh, that's obviously very nice of people and uh, you, know, you never know my, what might happen with the it's a long, big bash season now with 14 games. So you never know what might happen, but I'm sure they've uh, probably got some other guys to look at as well. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's true. Very fair. Um, Gingis, I was going to ask you as well, obviously just uh, just in terms of sort of the... Um, The hat presentation obviously on the first day That was that was great times You spoke very well there uh, But they also like to do this sort of joke Joke of the day don't they Has I'm sure that's a Queensland thing in general Is that something that you've been stitched up with a few times
2: Yeah tradition we go with every morning of a day's play Yeah
1: perfect uh, So we actually had a coach named Adam Holyoke Whose nickname is Smokes uh, So the morning session was named Smokes Wait jokes with Smokes I would say Is that right yeah.
0: Jokes
1: with Smokes, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, And obviously, the first day we had like some facts presented. The second day, I had to tell my joke, pass it on to Gody. He told his joke. Uh, So it was, it was always just consistent, except for obviously uh, Smokes. His jokes were always literally like he would say, "Yeah, I don't really have a joke, but this weird thing did happen to me this morning, (laughs) and like to tell some story about monkeys being in his bedroom or something." So. Uh, they were some of the great jokes, weren't they, gingers?
0: They were very, very, very funny. Precursor <laughs> to the maybe not so funny jokes that were taught. That's right. Um, but
1: yeah, we, we thought, that. we sort of thought that we had a, a brilliant joke. Um, well, mine was actually impressive, as I reckon.
2: Okay, well, do you want to tell us?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, i you know. gingers, you've already heard it, so just maybe just sit this one out for a second. Yeah, something
0: about a 12 inch penis. No, oh, ah.
1: just <laughs> genuinely ruined it. But um, yeah, well, basically, there was a. Uh, There was sort of this guy, right? That he he goes into a bar, uh, and the bartender says to him, um, "Mate, if you give me five dollars, I'm happy to show you something unbelievable here."
0: Hold on, are you you telling this whole joke live on air?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The listener will be thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: I'll tell that Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I'll make it (laughs) nice and long (laughs) as well. Yeah, Uh, and
1: then (laughs) and then obviously he was like, "Yeah, pretty intrigued." So he he dishes up his five dollars. He's pumped about that, Uh, and then. Obviously, this uh, bartender, he pulls out like uh, a little, like a real small piano, and playing it is just this little man. It's like a foot tall. It, yeah, So <laughs> imagine that. And he starts playing some unbelievable tunes. He's very, very impressive. And so obviously the guy's like, geez, where the heck have you got one of those? Like, that's unreal. I need one. And uh, the bartender says, well, there's actually a genie just right outside there, just on the corner. So this guy, he runs straight outside. <laughs> and he goes, genie, I need a million bucks. And all of a sudden, all these ducks start... Uh, Falling oh, out no. of the sky Like just gets hit in the head With ducks Left, right and centre um, yeah, mm. it's, it's not great at all um, So he runs back inside Obviously to get away From the ducks And goes "Mate, What's going on With your genie Like I don't think He works very well I ordered a million bucks And all of a sudden All these ducks Started falling out of the sky <laughs> So yeah Well he is a little bit Hard on hearing Do you really think I wish for a 12-inch pianist. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. That's a stinker. Oh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> I thought it was stronger. If you think that's a stinker, you should have seen how goatees one yeah, went down. Yeah, what was Genghis? <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it just because no one understood it? All yeah, the rookies that, had no yes, idea?
1: that's exactly right. Genghis, <laughs> you know, tell us that story.
0: Corey, how did you Well, I think actually you're best at telling the story, really. We, we decided to run with a bit of a skit. Yeah. Uh, instead of joke, I'm not a big joke teller, believe it or not. us; um, I reckon you take the right on this, yeah. it's sort of
1: semi-your idea, really. Yeah, it was entirely my idea. <laughs> Goaty got the blame for it, unfortunately, for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically we were struggling for a goat, because uh, Goaty actually is not really a premeditated joke teller. He's more of a, um you know, off-the-cuff top. So he was actually struggling for some inspiration. He kept looking for sort of jokes about... Um, small snags and such But couldn't find anything He was going to yeah, pick yeah. on Steve <laughs> Which would have been amazing In hindsight um, But so anyway I sort of came to And was like I reckon we should do a skit Do something different And we're going to go with The uh, the old David Jones skit right, So someone comes in With a random shirt on Cody goes Oh yeah well, Where the heck's that shirt from I really like that shirt and Someone goes Oh yeah David Jones And then the next person Comes in with shorts on He goes Where are those shorts from it's From David Jones Where are those socks from Oh they're from David Jones and then I was going to be the guy that ran in, like just wearing budgie smugglers, and go to you like, who the heck are you? And I'm like, I'm David Jones. <laughs>
3: right. And
1: I just thought it was brilliant, and Gody also thought it was brilliant, and so did. I so
2: thought it was very good, <laughs>
1: yeah. and so did Baze
2: Right, I can see yeah, how guys awesome. like Corey Hunter would not understand. Yeah, that. <laughs>
1: well, actually, in fairness, Corey got it at six twenty p.m. Yeah, he, right. uh, he came and asked us, me and Gody, and was like,
0: "So shame, 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 it
1: was last night at six twenty p.m." <laughs> <laughs> he literally, he literally came to us and was like, "Why, like, why was a guy named David Jones there? I don't get it." It was like, oh man But we had to literally break it down Play by play
2: You're lucky uh, Matt Koenigman wasn't there Because he's, uh, he's another one That's well known For not getting jokes first up Yeah, actually
1: I think Cody's yeah. had this experience With Cody as well Actually, haven't you? Uh, uh, it's
0: like talking to the brick wall With those pairs That's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly right
1: um, Yeah, so that wasn't overly successful But people did Take their hat off to us For the fact that It was the first skit They've ever seen in Queensland cricket They reckon has
4: mm.
2: Yeah, well I don't like to go with a joke I usually try and do a bit of a I don't know some random act. I did a learn to surf class last time. It was my turn, so uh, we've got everyone <laughs> on, on a towel instead of a surfboard and teaching him how to surf with, uh, with the No Tox stickers on them. There. Holy man! I mo- was
0: going to say, did you get did you get
1: did you get the sponsor in there? Have you? <laughs> oh, of course, of course, absolutely <laughs> did. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There is the mention of the sponsor. Early doors. <laughs> That's a great effort. That's fantastic, guys. How long did that
2: go for? Well, I was actually lucky because it was a rain delay that morning, so we had heaps uh, of time. It was it was pouring down rain at the Gabba, and. I, Honestly, didn't, you I didn't actually to, almost could surf. Yeah, I didn't have to rush through. it. I got to draw it out. Really I'm sure well.
3: everyone would have been stuck yeah. with that. No. Gingus <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: we, uh, we had a little bit of a um, we had a little bit of sort of you would have seen obviously watching some of the first tests yesterday that uh, Manus, Manus obviously made the news for plenty of reasons this uh, this week in terms of his actual cricketing ability which was magnificent. Uh, but something that actually did go viral was uh, him signing a box of shapes afterwards. You would have seen that, Gads.
0: Mm. I did,
1: I did see that. Yep, and uh, obviously barbecue in flavour, which I was quite a fan of. Everyone's probably got different opinions there, but what, what would your be your preference be there, gang? Uh,
0: I'll eat any shapes bar pizza shapes. Absolutely awful, overrated. <laughs> 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 Terrible biscuits.
1: <laughs> okay, very fair. Um, but anyway, we sort of obviously shared that on, on social media, on Facebook, and Luke Felben a uh, Valley's player that you know very well, gang, he, uh, he commented saying... I think a few of Marvis's previous batting partners would agree that barbecue was a very valid choice of flavour. Uh, obviously, referring to his running between wickets, uh, and we believe that you actually have a little bit of a story gig for, for one of the times that you've seen Marnus indeed get attached to the barbecue.
0: Well, I've actually got two. One of one of them's a personal one. One of them, maybe not so much. We, um, uh, a young Marvis, we were playing a game against Scotland. Uh, I was captain for the QIS, and I think it might have even been Marnus's first game for the QIS. I opened the batting, batting beautifully. I batted three, um, and I, I think it was sort of a little bit of a, a, a bat off. There's a few sort of younger guys looking to sort of maybe get in the shield side, and, and uh, I was sort of one of them hitting the ball reasonably well. And and, and Marnus decided to hit one a square leg, and I was run out by about four or five meters. So that was nice. Thank you, Marnus. He ended up playing the next game too, surprisingly. Yeah, so, Smart. Um, he's done that well. Yeah, so that was good. That was, no, that was really good. Um, and, and then the next <laughs> one, we had a, a <laughs> we had a few preseason games. We had a few preseason season games down the Gold Coast uh, last year. We, we ended up having two 2020s on a day. And, and don't get me wrong, Martin's had a beautiful beautifully. He, he got 80 not out, one of them 100 not out, and another one. He could have batted with the stump. He was not that easy.
4: Hmm.
0: Um, uh, unfortunately, well, well, he also ran six people out um, and unfortunately <laughs> for his batting partner, he, he was actually on the bat, he was on the batting side, not the fielding side. So uh,
2: That's why he didn't he, want to get out. He didn't want to go back to the is, change rooms and meet all the other guys and run out. It, he did, it,
0: it, instead of sort of going up to each person to apologize, he just did a generic apology to everyone, which was quite fitting and quite touching. So, <laughs> group apology. Um, a little group email. Yeah, there's,
1: reply there's, all
0: There's three... It, it, might, it might be a state-high thing because the, the three worst runners between the wickets I've seen are Jack Woodruff, Martin Slobush-Agni and Josh Dascombe. Josh Dascombe for obvious reasons, but the other two are hopeless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. King, it's funny that you actually bring up Josh Daskin because the next thing that I was going to ask you about is uh, obviously Josh Dascombe is somebody that you were very close with. He actually lives in Adelaide now, um, which, so we got yes. to catch up with him a couple of times. Can you describe for the listeners uh, how he greeted us at the airport?
0: Ah, uh, well, I, 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 I mean, I must have been, I've been speaking to him all week and I, I was really looking forward to catching up with Josh this week. Um, uh, basically, as I flicked my phone off aeroplane mode, uh, hopping onto the tarmac at Adelaide Airport, I got a text message from Josh. I said, Oh, this would be nice. He might be trying to organise some dinner for us. And all, all it said was, Get your camera ready. I thought, Oh, this just be good. <laughs> um, we, we walked out of gate 21 and sure enough Josh there in a tight white t-shirt which is unflattering uh, <laughs> was on, had a uh, had a large white sign saying go the bulls on one side and Rick which is obviously Nick Stevens nickname uh, on the other side as well where
4: uh,
0: he then also greeted the, the current uh, acquaintances like the Ken Dixon who didn't look overly impressed but I'm sure he had a good laugh to go yeah, so it was, uh, that's right. how he greeted us at Adelaide Airport yeah. so I mean if if, if it's Possibly he's actually gotten even rarer
1: since moving down to Adelaide. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's right. But what was actually hilarious too about that, has is I, I was fortunate enough to sit on the plane next to Michael Kaspervich, uh, who was a machine. Like He pretty much just gave me a sportsman's lunch and dinner speech while I was sitting next to him. It was the least screen time I've ever had in a week. <laughs> um, and uh, and we walked out obviously together and we were the first people to see Josh Daskin. <laughs> and I was obviously intrigued and he was disturbed. So he ran one <laughs> way. like He did not stop at all, and obviously went straight <laughs> over to see Josh and wait for Goaty's face. Uh, but yeah, Casper, he was fresh out of there. No interest in yeah. Daskin.
2: No, the conversation with Casper, I often tend to go a long time. Harvey. Uh, he has he's plenty to speak about, and, and plenty of good stuff to talk about too, but I can understand why he wouldn't uh, hang around for that. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's, a, that's exactly right.
0: Harvey Norman. No, nah,
1: he was not keen at all. And Gingus, you obviously got to spend another uh, 130 overs in the field during that. Second eleven game, uh, which which pumped it. That was in the first innings, and then probably we did what another another eighty or something in the uh, in the second innings as well. Uh, and then you got to field again on Saturday, so you know three three days for you in the week. You'd be thrilled. Yeah,
0: there I, I, there's a point where I feel, well, and and the, and, the, and the previous Saturday as well. We also fielded for a good ninety six overs. Jack Clayton and Pumps everywhere so four <laughs> over the last seven days fielding has been a real treat
1: <laughs> uh, that's perfect Gingis sounds like you've uh, you've earned a decent night's rest mate so we'll let you go there mate always appreciate your time thanks very much for coming on
0: uh, uh, thank you it's a pleasure to be the first second time callback you must be getting thin on guests
1: <laughs> <laughs> mate you're going to be coming out all the time now just for tell uh, us a few more David Jones jokes uh, I don't get it oh yeah well <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: All, right. All right, mate. Thank you.
3: Thank, thank you, boys. Cheers, guys. All
1: right, boys. Let's jump into our cricket wrap. Now, ironically, boys, uh, actually, Peter said was birthday today, which means that on this day nine years ago, that exact audio that we're using was uh, took place live in action. That really? Was, uh, yep, that was exactly when he got the hat trick. There you go. Nine hmm. years ago. Nine years. Yeah, nine years ago. Since there you that.
3: go. I remember watching it. Doesn't yeah. it seem that long ago, does yeah. it?
1: No, it doesn't at all. And uh, also, that was where Manus started his uh, hotspot career, which has obviously been talked about heaps uh, yes. in the media this week as well. So that's where he was. Doing the hotspot camera. Um, speaking of, let's get through our international, I guess, the first test review. Um, and obviously we can start, and uh, couldn't think of a better guy to start with, but obviously it will be remembered uh, as the Marnus test match, really. Well, it should be in the future. Uh, man of the match, 185. It was quite funny, like, watching, because heaps of people were saying, like, oh, he finally gets his 100, Marnus. He finally breaks the ring, gets his 100. And I think what we forget is he actually had, like, 10 bats. Hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, finally seems a little bit stiff, but but I, I guess the fact that he'd sort of got five fifties yeah. in a row was what people were meaning, is he needs to go on and get a big score, and he certainly was able to do that.
2: Yeah, he got his opportunity to go big, and he did it. Yeah. It's always nice to come in uh, when the openers have put on a about 200-run opening partnership. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he actually said, he actually made comments saying that he, he's never really felt like he's waited that long to bat before. So when he sort of got out there, he just felt like he could hit everything and and felt quite jittery. So um, you could see the way that he started; he was like he was very keen to get on with it. So yeah, that was that was quite an impressive innings. The fact that he had to then come back the next day and obviously start from scratch. So uh, very impressive, I thought. And probably the other selection guys that um, that you know people were. A little bit sort of asking questions about last week, we know, um, was Joe Burns' selection as well, who's obviously a teammate of yours, quite often has, and, and that was a real success story as well with his first hit. Uh, the Gabo obviously agonisingly short to sort of sweep onto the stumps there uh, for 97, but you'd take nothing away from that not.
2: Yeah, it was great innings, uh, really played the spin really well, um, until unfortunately he got bowled around his legs by Yasser Shah, he, he backs himself to go hard against spin and, and doesn't let us forget the fact that he's got 100 there at the Gabba, hitting the spinner back over his head a couple of times for a couple of sixes to get there, but uh, yeah, this time, unfortunately 97, but 97 is is a pretty good score and he should definitely be happy with that.
1: Yeah, mm. absolutely, we were attacking 97 on the weekend, just quietly for Redlands, but uh, unfortunately we had 7 people get 22 <laughs> but That was not ideal Not Hazza Hazza's back skin with a 50 straight away
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, should have turned it into 100 uh, yeah, Or at least a 97 Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll 97 take, I would have taken take. that
1: yeah, <laughs> That's right um, Other probably good results guys Just because the guys that get spoken about quite a bit in the media Mitchell Stark obviously cops some flack uh, Left, right and centre But I thought he bowled some heat um, this game and he took seven wickets for the match so that was quite a success as well you'd have to give him a pretty high rating and then david warner obviously after the flack that he copped in the ashes um he came back and, and bounced back with this sort of his return i mean test on home soil i guess and, and 154 for him as well which was a serious knock so a couple of guys there that sort of answered some critics as well certainly in terms of yeah, they're, they're home tests, but then it is hard to to answer these critics sometimes because then everyone will just say, "Oh, yeah, well, great," but he's a flat track bowler; he's only good at home. Or, um, so yeah, it's sort of it's never ending; it's always revolving that door, isn't it? Trying to prove people
0: wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah I've seen uh, I've, I've been one to watch him score a hundred in the field while at the Gabba this year, so <laughs> yeah. I feel feel for Pakistan there to watch him do that. But uh, it was good to see from the sidelines, and uh, yeah, the bowling quartet who have been together for a while now, uh, will have done a pretty good job and, and seem to be back to their best. Now, I guess another notable mention from that game was Steve Smith. Uh, usually see him scoring all the runs for Australia, but he managed four runs this game, yeah. um, one of his very few low scores of late, and uh, was bowled by Yassir Shah, who took four for 205 of 49 overs for the match. So that's Sweet. a lot of overs. Um, good double century from him. Uh, but it's actually the seventh time, that Yassir Shah has gotten him out In only six matches so yeah, I think the, as he got him out He sort of
1: held up his seven fingers too Didn't he <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a celebration Which I thought was maybe over the top Given it was two for 690 But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah. Apparently has the wood on Steve Smith
2: Definitely I'd say and, and only one person has got Smith out more times And that's Stuart Broad and, and Broad's got him out eight times from 24 matches So that's a lot more innings than mm. That Broad's had the opportunity to bowl at Smith
1: that's exactly right.
2: Very fair. Um, and also, Pat Cummins taking taken his 88th wicket for this calendar year, which is the most by any pace bowler uh, ever. Um, Mitchell yeah. Stark is the only one to tie that, so he's got the same amount. He took 88 wickets back in 2015. Mm. Um, but there's another couple of test matches left this year, so you'd think Cummins will be able to take a few more wickets and, and hold that record outright. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, he'd be stiff not to take a wicket from there. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, here. That That's for sure. Uh, and then, has, what was the other piece of news? Obviously, the 16-year-old, and I'll get to that. That's actually included in our social simbin as well, so it's probably worth mentioning now. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, he uh, got David Warner out for his first test wicket and um, after already getting him out earlier in the innings, but it was the only reversed because there was a no ball, so that was unfortunate for him, but got his man in the end and uh, looked very promising, very strong and uh, yeah, well-developed for a 16-year-old.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very fair.
2: Can we just on
3: that because that was obviously a little bit controversial because it, it sort of turned out that they'd been bowling about twenty-three no balls leading up to that that just yeah, had never gotten it's caught It's a great point, Scott. Um,
1: something that needs to be discussed.
3: Uh, yeah. So, so do we? Would we like to discuss that?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
3: All right, we'll carry on. I thought you were going to continue <laughs> giving us some information first before we then discussed it. Oh, yeah. So well, what's was, the point? well that was about, was that was well, that was about all that I had really. I think yeah, I think I think Ricky Ponting said it was something like twenty-one no balls that they got missed that day, and, and obviously I think there were two in that particular over leading up to it. And I just think I would obviously feel. For the, the young man That obviously thinks He's bowling with his foot Behind the line Because no one's calling A no ball And then all of a sudden The one wicket you get Like if, if someone had if Just if those no balls Had been called It would have obviously Fixed up his run up And, and the wicket would have Been legitimate and counted So yeah Yeah that's I a good point like he's been yeah, A bit hard done
2: by there Yeah I really haven't Thought about it that way I guess If they check them When there's a wicket Then you're, you're picking up The most important ones Which is great But then yeah If you think of it that way You can stop those ones For the bowlers If you're letting them know They're a bit over yeah. And yeah uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to know what to do. It's, it's tough to see that as as an umpire and sometimes the, the vision is blurred from the bowler's back leg as well and, and you've got to look up pretty quickly when they're bowling 147 yeah. k's an hour to see wh- where the ball's pitching. But but that's their job and they've, they've got to do it well. I guess there's, there's other options out there that I people are talking about with Peter Georges. Yeah, the Michael Noble the uh, ball. Yeah, yeah, true. Sensor on sure. the back of the shoe there, which is getting developed. Which what's
1: the, what's the, like, the response that it has to that sort of that sort of technology? Like are people open in terms of cricketers that you obviously are with? Are they open to that sort of thing, like having to wear a chip in their shoe and stuff, or is that something that actually does concern them that they'd be opposed to, do
2: you think? Players are open to using technology, but they definitely don't want it to affect their performance. So um, that chip would have to be pretty small and pretty light, which I know they're trying to develop to make it that way. Uh, obviously, it's, it's tough for bowlers because they have to actually have plenty of different shoes in their kit bag. They don't just have the one set of shoes. They've got a couple just in case they burst a hole through the front of one or they want longer spikes in, in certain conditions. So they'd have to have a chip for each of those shoes. Uh, they talk about using that technology at training to help talk uh, to look at their uh, workloads in terms of meters run and, and speed and that sort of thing is another way to use it. But yeah, I guess... the They'd maybe rather rather an option where they're using a whole class sort of system which doesn't require them to put anything on their body or their shoes but, but yeah they'd be they'd be interested if it made a difference yeah yeah and the yeah. noble
1: one just seems to be a constant thorn in the side so mentioned.
3: yeah no that's right I was just going to say I, I definitely can appreciate the tough job that the umpires have and I, and I look forward to the work that that Georgie's doing on the technology over there but I just th- I just find it baffling that like even just with the cameras we have good enough technology like. At the moment Like already before That no ball was bowled Everyone watching on TV Knew that he'd been Bowling no balls That just had gone uncalled Like we already know What the right decision is And just sort of Don't make it For who knows what reason That's what I can't understand
1: Yeah
2: so Almost, were, almost seems Seems like the umpires Are sort of going In the bowler's favour With this one They don't want to call A no ball that isn't So they're going the other way And being like Well if it's well, just over Then I'll be careful say, We've it.
1: actually seen that Like in New Zealand I know no, the last time Australia was in New Zealand they were actually On two occasions uh, someone was called for bowling a no-ball, so they got called no-ball and then on replay actually showed that it wasn't a no-ball. So umpires got it wrong almost the other way, which we never sort of speak about because that, that's probably rare, but I think that that's maybe now freaked them out a little bit to actually call ones that are clearly no-balls and now it's just become a debacle where the only time that no-balls are ever called is if someone takes a wicket.
2: Mm. Yep.
3: Yeah, dramas. Oh, well, As per usual, we haven't really... Made any great solutions there? So let's move on. All right. What have we got next? The oh, yeah, there was a bit of debate about the venue selection, um, about whether or not the Gabba should sort of be the place for the first test in, yeah. in each series.
1: It's interesting, and I saw sort of Ed Cowan come out and obviously pan the Gabba again today, and uh, more Brisbane, like the fact that obviously uh, because Tim Payne sort of came out in the aftermath, didn't he, and he spoke about the fact that they love starting the summer there, and they're hoping Virat Kohli mm. will give them the all clear to. To do it and stuff, and probably a little bit of a pot shot at the BCI there, um, but uh, obviously the crowd numbers were not, were not great, and, and probably potentially haven't been great uh, ever. Uh, yesterday was a Sunday; there was less than five thousand people there, so probably not a great advertisement for for international cricket. But I do feel like like it's a really it's a big advantage for Australia, particularly against someone like India, like a team like India, who are obviously going to be out in next summer. Um, it is obviously like a, you know it becomes a little bit of a joke, but I always see, always hear like Marnus say, like oh you couldn't play that shot at the Gabba, like you know like it's it's literally well renowned as being an actually really really tough place to bat, isn't it? has Particularly in the first couple of days.
2: Yeah, it's it's very different for international teams from other countries to come and play at, and it's, it's even it's a lot tougher in Shield cricket. They make it a little bit softer and a little bit bouncier, so uh, it's it's even more challenging there. But. Very uh, definitely foreign conditions for those overseas teams, and but it's it's tough to get high crowds when you're playing in a time that's not in the holidays. Mm. When it's it's a midweek game, people are at work. Starting on a Thursday, the, t- the first two days of a Test match is to get the most uh, most people to the game. So the first two days are during a week.
1: And let's not forget that that Sunday, obviously, yeah, that, that probably should be a day that people want to go to the cricket. I get that, but like the game is essentially. ...wrapped up, like it was done, like yep, the yep. Pakistan had lost three wickets already, like they were never, I mean, they were never going to turn that into a game where Australia were going to need to bat again for a long period of time and, and as sad as it is, that's, that's what people want to watch, you know, they, they want to watch Australian batter school runs and that's going to get people to turn up. Um, but I know that like people, Brisbane crowds actually do turn up for big events. I remember like the 2007 Ashes, I know that's a long time ago now, but uh, after the, they'd lost it in 2005... When England came back to the Gabba, it was packed out for the first three days. Uh, so it actually does, the Brisbane people do get around the cricket when it's worth watching. Um, I just don't think that, like you said, has no one's taken days off work and stuff to annoy their bosses when it's against a team that, that, that seems like they're going to be not the greatest opponent, I guess.
2: Yep. Agreed.
1: Good. Uh, Haz, do you want to give us a bit of a WBBL wrap as well?
2: I can, I can. So WBBL, Meg Lanning scored 81 from 50 uh, to get her team home against the Sydney Sixers, who have struggled a little bit now since the shoulder injury to Elise Perry, one of their key players there. Uh, They'll certainly be hoping she recovers quickly and is back on the field for them soon, especially if they can make it into the finals. And uh, also Meg's younger sister, Anna Lanning, uh, was also in the runs with 73 or 49. Uh, other m- notable performances from Lizelle Lee and Belinda Vakariwa, if that's how you say her name. I'm not really sure how to say that. So, effort there. Sorry, that's Belinda.
1: <laughs> a, um, someone actually sent in asking uh, for a Finnish person to check your pronunciation of the Finske game as well. The Molki or, or whatever you sort of said.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's wrong. <laughs> I, <know>. I always <laughs> yeah. have we'll a crack, those, don't
3: we'll I? We'll get those <laughs> results back to you. It's, you've yeah. done well.
2: But uh, yeah, those two have had very consistent performances for their teams of late with the bat and the ball, respectively. And uh, then another striker's game and another match-winning performance from Lee's mate, Sophie uh, Devine. No
1: shocks, zero shock
2: factor. Yeah, Sophie managed 88 from 56 with the bat. And and the match was eventually tied with 161 for each team. Um, and after that, 20 overs. And Sophie chased down the Thunder's super over score of one for six all by herself in three balls.
1: Yeah, perfect. And that actually won't be the last time we talk about ties in this episode of the podcast either, as, um, just as a little for the future, uh, Mitch. I wanted to get your opinion on the Emily Smith banning. Um, this mm. is obviously still sort of part of the WBBL, but I think it's something that it got released like on Tuesday, so literally the day after we uh, recorded our podcast last week. Um, and this was basically like a, an accidental um, leak of a team sheet. Essentially, she, she took well, the way that I understand it has is that uh, she took like a little bit of footage, obviously for her Instagram story, but more to show like a bit of the background like behind the scenes preparation for a game uh, and just happened to obviously get the the team sheet up on the board um, that was up there sitting ready to go and obviously she's been given a ban for corruption uh, for the fact that that obviously was that that team sheet had not been released yet and therefore can affect results and gambling and, and those type of things I know that you sort of watched me last week before we played that second 11 game you actually had to go and do like all these anti-corruption PowerPoints and things like that, had, I'm sure you've done it. Uh, so th- so they actually do take it very, very seriously. In fairness, like there's plenty of education out there for it. So one, one, people, one group of people will see it as just a silly mistake from her and she deserves everything that she gets and throw the book at her. But then another group of people are obviously saying it seems very, very harsh for the fact that she's clearly not trying to corrupt. Yeah. Uh, she's actually just
3: genuinely made a mistake. Yeah, no, and, and I would agree. I, would, I would find that pretty... Uh, tough to wrap my head around that. It's is sort of just an honest mistake, and now she's missing. I think what is it, three months of, of the, or at least the, the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, and you can sort of compare that to to the Steve Smith and Dave wanted sandpaper incident. How long, how long did they get? Was that a year? Ben, and, well, that's probably that's a a, year. quite a few notches above an accidental social media post so, <laughs> <you know, laughs> bringing sandpaper out so. onto the field, but. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, yeah no, so I thought that a bit, a bit strange. I can understand that it's a major issue and it's definitely something they need to take seriously and I respect that, but I feel like that's a little bit over the top. Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, there's been, there's been plenty of uh, suspensions for accidental things that, that players have done in the past, a lot of betting. A lot of players have bet $1 or $2 on domestic games, even for the opposite gender and, and been banned, which is unfortunate for them, but... I guess that's what Cricket Australia are trying to do. They're trying to stamp out those accidental mistakes by making it obvious that you can't do it, so they don't make a mistake in the first place.
1: Yeah, it almost does feel like a little bit of an example being set, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, well, at least, I guess it was a a year ban, but nine months of those were suspended, so she will only miss three months. Uh, However, that is the most important time for her during that WBBL. That's when the women really want to uh, put their names out there and put performances on the board. Yeah,
1: Very very fair. Okay, guys. Uh, well, then, it is time to get into a little bit of the social, social
4: sentiment. So
1: okay. Now, I alluded to this earlier, um, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, Max obviously wrote a uh, wrote a comment yesterday that well, we were obviously – I mean, we've never been – hid the fact that we love Marnus. Um, He's the first person, probably the first guest to come on the show, I think. Um, yeah, I think he was. So, so we, we've we always uh, had a massive man crush on him, so we were very, very happy to see him do so well over the Test match. But this is my example of just people being so hard to please. Right? So this is Max's comment. Well done, Marcus. And that's actually a common theme throughout the social scene And I'll get to that in a second Uh, Well done Marcus Flat track bully against teenagers Now Max The issue is that Those teenagers are picked for Pakistan Which are who happens to be bowling to him So he cannot say uh, Hey guys can you bring on someone that's older please (laughs) So that's the first issue The second issue is that the gab is not a flat track It's actually quite hard to bat on As we've already established and the third issue is that he went to England and scored a million runs in county cricket where the wickets nibble and are difficult and it's a Dukes ball. Mm-hmm. Andy was like our best batsman behind Steve Smith in the Ashes in England as well. So I don't think he's actually just a
3: flat-track bully. I think that's yeah. fairly stiff. Yeah, no, I think he's batting all right just in general, really.
2: Yeah, well, I can't, I can't say much, but agree yeah. with you there. Yeah, with you agree. he's
3: going to the bin. We, we agree with that. Definitely.
1: Yeah, okay. Max. Good news. Uh, so that's handy. Now, then, guys, now I've gone for a little blast from the past here. Now, this is probably how big of a snuff I am. Uh, but I had a feeling that Manus was going to be good. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I've always sort of known that, uh, and therefore I screenshotted a few comments from uh, Manises' test this time, sort of last year, um, and some of the comments that were that were getting made around him playing there. Uh, now, this one actually came from before the Ashes in England, uh, and this one's Lockie, who says that loose bus change needs to get a grip. Won't see him on a team sheet this series or for the rest of his career.
2: Yeah, good call. So, <laughs>
1: that turned out well. Lock. <laughs> that has aged beautifully, yeah. like that's a fine wine. That's right. So that's aged very well. So well done, Locke. That, uh, that was in June. Um, so looking back, not that many months ago. So Lock, obviously, you know your cricket. Well done. Keep it up. Uh, and then, guys, we do like to put our big fish into the, uh, into the bin wherever possible. Uh, and this one, as we've already spoken about, uh, Ed Cowan came out and panned Um, Brisbane this week, but he's also panned Marnus in the past. Uh, And he sort of made some comments based on, you remember when Marnus got sort of picked for the Sydney test last year? I flew down and watched that. Uh, Ed was out there going, obviously, you know, making comments like, it's a selection that actually dumbfounds me a little bit. Uh, Someone who hasn't really earned their position. Uh, He's got no hundreds. He's played five games. He's got five wickets. I'm not talking about someone who's knocking the door down. Uh, This was also in an article, by the way, from Fox Sports that's titled... Ed Cowan says he is dumbfounded at Marcus labrish call-up to the Australian squad. So brilliant spelling once again and research as we come to expect. Uh, And so, Ed, I would just like to put you in the social sim bin because I think you'll find that he's a reasonable player.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Ed yeah. likes to say a lot of controversial things and get his name out there, so good on him there, it but does, uh, doesn't it? unfortunately sometimes it doesn't pay off and you, you make those big statements that yeah. don't pan out the yeah. way you want them to. Yeah.
3: And even more, really, there's some Nuffy locally who's holding on to grudges for six months, but,
2: oh, yeah, well, sorry, Ed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's used up memory in my phone for a great deal of time, uh, but it's come in handy now. Excellent. Uh, how's you going to lead us through a little NRL wrap here?
2: Yeah, well, first big news coming out recently was Valentine Holmes signing a six-year deal with the Cowboys, reportedly worth $5.7 million over that six-year period. So he's uh, left the, the uh, gridiron over in America and, and come back to play N- NRL next year. So what do you reckon, guys? Is he worth that?
1: Yeah, well, I can't. I honestly like. I guess the fact that he's only twenty four, I actually thought that he was a lot older than that. So twenty four years of age, you'd have to still think that he was in his prime. Uh, I feel like it's not gonna. It's not gonna take very long for him to get back to his best. We obviously saw for those couple of years at the Sharks how good of a player he was. Um, so I'd be surprised if, if he struggles. But having said that, uh, I think Jared Hayne was a bit older when he came back. But obviously not a, not a great example that he sort of set coming back from the NFL. He never quite got his act together. Uh, When he came back. But I I hope that that's a decent signing for the Cowboys because it's probably something that they're craving after the season that they had Uh, this year. We've spoken to Luke Feldman about that. Um, Probably not a like for like replacement with Jonathan Thurston, but probably hopefully someone (laughs) that can be a bit of a match winner anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure how he's going to go at fullback. He played a little bit for the Sharks and didn't really set the world on fire. We've known how good of a winger he is, an unbelievable winger, and has been for the, the Maroons when he's played State of Origin there. But You're not seeing a
1: winger on that much cash, are
2: you? No, so he's definitely playing fullback, uh, but yeah, they definitely want to hope they get their money's worth for that six-year period. Um, it means that they've got him locked in for those six years, and I think Jason Tamalolo's got about eight years left on his 10-year deal um, on about a million a year as well. So those two taking up a fair chunk of yeah. cash there. Jeez,
1: hopefully they play every game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they'd want to make their money's worth. That's right.
1: What else is happening in NRL? I saw a belter today that I thought I'd get your uh, opinion on with the sort of shake-up of the golden point rule.
2: Yeah, the NRL are looking to change up uh, how the golden point works. There's plenty of different ways to do it, and it's been debat- debated for quite a while. Uh, I guess one thing coming out is potentially your teams are still getting competition points even if they lose a golden point game. So there's been a few ways of doing this. It's been thrown around. Uh, the most sensible probably looks like it might be that if you they're going to change the point structure so that if you get a normal win, it's it's three points for a normal time win, two points for a golden point win, one point if you lose the golden point match, so you've still at least tied the, the game in normal time, and then zero points for a loss. Um, so interesting way to go about it. I'm not sure what they'd do for a genuine tie then when it's still tied after golden point because it's, it's usually two points for a win, one point for a tie,
1: has help me understand this properly so it, could we get talking about this sort of corruption side of things could we get teams trying to draw games at the end of, at the end of full time because there's an extra point up for grabs you know what i'm saying no uh, you've
2: actually read that wrong and then no, a few people have the first on, time man. so so it's not 3 points for a golden point win it's 3 points for a win in normal time um, uh, okay, but then okay. if you get a golden point win it's only 2 points right uh, for winning so, a yeah. golden point game okay so.
3: And so, just to clarify, is the idea of that just to congratulate you from being good for eighty minutes, basically? Yeah,
2: it? yeah. They don't want people to lose Still out.
1: participation it's
3: ribbon. No, no.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like it if you oh, get zero, zero. No, 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 not this. I <laughs> like, like it. Right if, I like it if you get zero points for a loss in golden point because it actually makes it. A bit more riding on it Like you're watching Golden Point You're yeah. nervous Because you want your team To win You want your team To get the two points After working so hard To be tied At the end of normal time I think if they If it's an easy one point They're like Oh well it doesn't mean As much you know They still yeah, want to win But we, well, at least we get a point Yeah you know? that's right
1: Well it We've actually uh, We've discussed quite a few times Like probably more In the footy season uh, just about how much NRL rules love to change, and we, and usually you're actually a very big supporter of it. Uh, however, I managed to convince you to uh, to help me write a song. In fact, you wrote the song entirely, and my voice is <laughs> very hard to hear in the background, actually. But I promise I am on it in the background, Anna has. But we wrote this quite uh, we wrote this quite quickly, um, but we just thought it was a brilliant it was a brilliant chance to obviously get a song in that talks about the fact that the NRL loves to change the rules. Uh, so we've chosen some, what what song did you choose has to rewrite here?
2: Yeah, John Mayer's "Waiting on the World to Change." So I, I love that song. It's a good song by John, and uh, yeah, decided waiting for the rules to change is what we, yeah. we change it to. And, and yeah, thanks for being a good backup vocalist there for me. No, you're right,
1: man. No worries at all. Any time. Uh, it goes a little something like this. Me and all my friends
4: would watch League if we could. It's the greatest game of all, and the refs ruined it for good. Now we see rules that they interpret wrong in each game from those who lead it. The bunker calls just take so long. It costs so much to keep it. So we keep on waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. We keep on waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. The refs still need assistance. When it's four, they're just a witness. So we keep on waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. The obstruction rule's a nightmare. What are you even looking for? No one was even taken out there. He was always going to score. And when we've got good sight on vision, call forward pass on the spot. Because we see it on television, oh, but the touchies miss a lot. That's why we're waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. We keep on waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. The knock on calls unfair, when ball goes backwards in the air. So we keep on waiting, waiting, waiting for the rules to change. One day the situation is gonna cause the game cessation. So we keep on waiting. Waiting, waiting for the rules to change We keep
1: on waiting, waiting, waiting for the oh, rules right to change Alright guys, uh, that is the Waiting on the Rules to Change song directed obviously at the NRL unit and their love for changing rules obviously on the back of uh, the Golden Point shakeup that we've just spoken about with Haz there uh, Skint, you're probably a witness
3: and bystander, what did you think of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty happy with it any song any song that i'm not on is a good one so no <laughs> <laughs> complaints from me yeah happy with that
1: perfect that makes sense uh well skin let's get you on something then please is the skin Start segment skin. No,
4: you just he says not
3: Right, thank you lethal. Um, yeah as I as sort of alluded to last week I was going to have a look into what position in a batting order each of us sort of perform best in. Um, so I've, I've gone and, and done that. I've spent a few hours trawling through my cricket and come up with some with some numbers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I might, I might start with you if that's all right mate, let me just ask what's open on the weekend? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, I've been for Tigers.
2: I did, yeah. Red Bull Cricket opening is a bit of a rare one for me, but I'm happy to do it for Redlands, and it, yeah, it was all right. Good fun. Okay, there you go.
3: So where do you actually like batting, has? What's your preferred position?
2: Well, yeah, in White Bull Cricket, I definitely like getting up the top of the order there, opening, or well, maybe number three. It's pretty similar, I guess. But uh, I know in Red Bull Cricket, I've done a lot of batting around number five of late. However, I, I, do, I do really enjoy getting in there pretty early, number three, uh, maybe number four, um, batting order.
3: Yeah, okay. All right. Fair enough. How does that make sense? Well, yeah, well, having a look at your numbers, mate, I think you, you do most – it looks like you've done most of your batting. I mean, this is over your entire career, to be fair, including everything. Um, but, yeah, you do most of your batting around sort of four and five. where well, you've had 149 knocks, I think. You, you've pumped out 4,500 runs at an average of 30.36. So. Might need to bump that up a little bit. <sighs> Wait till you see my averages later on. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, no, I don't think that's anything to be sneezed at. Probably should have
2: valued my wicket a bit more in under tens, but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. Um, doesn't count under ten. Stop saying that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
3: no, nah, my career maybe doesn't go back quite that far, but I've got I've got a few games of yours from Alex Hills and stuff. So. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I stand corrected. Um, but yeah, anyways, Hasy, it? it looks like you do your best work at number three, actually. Um, you've had seventy-two knocks there and managed to score two thousand seven hundred runs at forty-three point six, which you surely can't complain about.
2: Yeah, it's a bit better. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, yeah so, what are your thoughts, mate? You going to try to convince the coach to give you a crack there in the big game tomorrow? Or?
2: Yeah, why not? Why not? I oh, reckon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, just for everyone out there, AB field tomorrow. Obviously, uh, that's one thing we did not mention in our cricket wrap. Uh, oh, obviously, yeah. Queens then take on Western Australia in the one-day final tomorrow. And how's you play? yep, are playing? Yep, back are you in. We allowed to say that. No, George yes. no, <laughs> <you're not> <laughs> has been for three months. <laughs>
2: no, I'm definitely back in the squad for that one. So yeah, uh, we'll okay. uh,
3: okay. all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the coach gives it a listen and his our opinion. Has he? Um. Anyways, that'll do us. Lethal. Let's have a look at, at your numbers. What do you? Where do you prefer batting? What do you? What's your preference? You've been what skipper this year, so where do you chuck yourself in it?
1: Uh, I I think I like batting at four. I reckon, but I have been batting at three. Um, because okay. yeah, just someone asked about there. I find yeah,
3: <laughs> <Makes> <laughs> <change>. <laughs> yes. I yeah, yeah. Someone has to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah, okay. Well, that's probably not nothing too surprising then. Um, because you, yeah, you do a lot of batting, sort of between three and five, and actually your most impressive numbers are at number four. You've two thousand five hundred runs at
1: forty-one. Oh, take it, take that. No. Nah. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah, has come bat number three, and then everyone wins.
2: Yeah, good combo <laughs> yeah, That's right That's right The that
3: combination deal mm. And then So moving on to myself And as I, I sort of uh, Teased earlier the Something that became Glaringly obvious Was the, the Massive decline In averages As I looked through Through my cricket So we've gone from Hazard to averages Sort of high 30s and, and what was it Like 46 or something at, 43 uh, 43 Thank you lethal And then Lee you, you were sort of Up around 30 In most places with, And then averaging Over 40 at number 4 And then My Peak performance is apparently at number three with a massive average of twenty six point eight. So I'm <laughs> really putting on a clinic there. I, I couldn't Skin, even. Do it. You've s- got to sort that out. Skin,
2: Skin, we can't both bat at three. We have yeah, to bat yeah, somewhere else, mate. Yeah,
3: well, yeah. What's your average at number? Yeah. Well, I think the good thing about me averaging twenty six point eight has is I'm in the second grade team, so that shouldn't be an issue. Um, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, I was a bit shattered by that, given I've spent the last five years trying to teach myself how to open the batting. So I might might reconsider that in the future, but. Yeah, you wanted <laughs> to can that. What's it? So 26.8. Well, you'd probably take that.
1: Nah, it was 26.8. Really. Every, well, you would have fit in well with our first grade side on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: smack bang on what we all got. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So that's that's us. Unless anyone's got another question, that's skin stats for the week. So nah, keep sending good. through any, any ideas for the next week, friends. Yeah. We get some Just good little emails. I
1: don't know what else you can go to on the
3: micro. Cricket. What else have you got? I'd love
1: to know how many catches I've taken over my career, if you can sort that out for me.
3: Probably good Although although Saddle last
2: week So include that I think I might be falling behind As the only non-keeper On the panel here
1: Oh yeah true going to have a few catches as well
3: Although I don't know Lethal you've obviously been in once For a while So you've probably got Like designated scorers and stuff But I reckon there'd be A lot of catches That just go unrecorded Oh 100% (laughs) Remember
1: when he used to play Fifth grade And like the fifth grade captain Somehow would win Every year Catch (laughs) (laughs) catches And here he is He took 108 (laughs) catches This year I even in second he did
3: but a shout out to Cameron French wins with catching. Yeah, that's right. He's the worst. One hundred percent. Who Check took that out. catch?
1: Uh, French, yeah. uh, Frenchy. You were actually slashed out. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even play this game. Oh, he wins it every year. Yeah, no, very <laughs> true. Actually, that is fair. So that maybe is not the most accurate use of my cricket there. But Dougie's got a sorted in first grade. Oh yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, all right, well, boys, this is one uh, that is going to be a little bit more difficult for us because it is something that we haven't ever taken on before. But uh, Shane Bow, obviously, great, uh, great. What would you say, listener of the show? Uh, he obviously emailed he in for us. Contributes often enough. I mean, we haven't oh, given him yet, but he's
3: F- got to be getting there.
1: Jeez. Okay, to going early, but there you go. A uh, fought status friend of the show. Well done, Shane. And that's awarded to you. And you obviously get your bottle opener in the mail. <laughs> um, no, well, fair enough, Skin. So he obviously emailed in saying that uh, the baseball and obviously, the, well, the baseball started last weekend uh, and the basketball's obviously been going for a while, I believe, how it's going to run us through that. Uh, but if we wanted to give a little bit, sort of broaden our horizons a little bit to encompass some more listeners, then that was maybe an area that we can look to improve. And obviously we are all about improvement and reflection. And so we've taken that on board and we're going to see how we go.
2: Yeah, well, I'll definitely have to watch a bit more of the basketball because I haven't been tuning in But and not an expert, but I'll give it a crack. I've had a bit of research and uh, one of those sports basketball where it doesn't have a distinct round-by-round sort of nature, the teams play on a bit of a random basis. So in the, in the league at the moment, there's been some teams that have played up to 12 games and some as little as nine. So hard to perfectly sum up how each of those nine teams in the comp are going. Uh, however, there are 20 rounds in the regular season this year, down from 28 last year. So we're about halfway through, and currently we've got the Sydney Kings sitting in first after dominating the season so far, only losing one of their 11 games, so it's been a great start for them. Perth Wildcats are are second after beating the current third place Melbourne United in last year's grand final, so those grand finals from last year doing well. And uh, Brisbane Bullets are coming fifth after winning half of their 10 games this year and are looking to better their semi-final finish from last season.
1: Perfect. One has. Outstanding. Um, And then, guys, in the ABL, the Australian Baseball League, and these guys actually came out to a cricket coaching course last year that I was at and taught us how to throw. Uh, So the Brisbane Bandits, obviously, probably my particular favourite side in the ABL skin. Do you have a favourite? Uh,
3: Nope. It's the first time I've heard of Australian baseball, so... <laughs> great. One of the great sporting podcasts
1: of the planet. Uh, yes. So, uh, anyway, the opening round of the ABL was last weekend, out. So, essentially, to give you some background there, uh, four games are actually played across the weekend against the same team. So, it's like a four game series. They usually go Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. There's a Southwest and a Northwest group or conference, I guess. Obviously, Brisbane being in the Northwest. Um, and they are actually, Brisbane are four time defending champions. Um, so over the last few seasons, but unfortunately they were crushed in a clean sweep against the Adelaide Giants last weekend in Adelaide, uh, which Josh Dyscombe also was actually at we Spoke about him a few times on this episode, probably more than we'd like to. Um, but he, I saw a vision of him doing that thing where you sort of like put the broomstick down enough to spin around 10 times and then try and run 30 meters. And he did not get past the start line. So <laughs> good well, watch. Josh Josh was working for the ABL for a while there, he was, yeah, and now yeah. he's now he did the crows. So, yeah, but that, that's a good point, Hans. Huh? It's, it's very true. Um, Now, the other teams, I guess, that wound up doing well over the opening weekend um, were mainly all in the Southwest Conference. So, there we've got sort of Adelaide, uh, Geelong, Korea, which I'm very confused by. Uh, So, if anyone can explain that to me and tell me how that link works, that would be ideal. Uh, The Perth Heat, they they won two games as well. Uh, And the Melbourne Aces split their series with Canberra. Uh, and Auckland and the Sydney Blue Sox, which is a great name, I thought. And Brisbane have all suffered series losses to start. Uh, Brisbane goes and hosts Geelong, Korea this weekend, so i would assume that's in Geelong rather than Korea. Well, no, they're hosting, so it's in Brisbane. But uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. So, yeah, that
1: was good. All right, how how'd we go there, Skin? Mm, yeah, perfect.
3: I've learned a lot there, so thanks, lethal. Perfect.
1: All right, has we've got a we've got a way to sound out, and I think it goes a little something like this.
4: So it's bad as
2: face
4: We've heard a few that we will throw angels. Voice Battle Sprays. we got a lot of this
2: that will add to all wheels untrue. Uh, another one I've got for you that you hear a lot at the start of a season for any sport. Um so for me I i looking at fantasy players and who I'm going to pick in my NRL fantasy team for each season you guys AFL especially and and you always read articles and the coach goes oh yeah talking about a certain player he's gone to another level this season this off season he's been training the house down expect a massive year from him he's he's been our best trainer he's working hard." usually the the guys
1: that have dropped in round two
2: (laughs) (laughs) so you think yeah he he averaged 30 minutes last year probably averaged 50 or 60 this year he's going to be worth getting in and and no he drops down and averages 20 minutes
1: you do a lot more research for your fantasy team than we do for him <laughs> we need you to make our fantasy teams thanks
2: it's embarrassing they don't do better than i do then i guess yeah well that's
1: true and uh and probably embarrassing that we do as badly as we do um any others you've got there how are you happy with that one
2: well uh sports reporters and, and people on tv reviewing the week of sport love to say "Oh, and what a week it has been in and then you can insert whatever sport you like there what a week it's been in cricket or what a week it's been in rugby league um very rarely do they say it's been a poor week in, in cricket or or rugby league or one of those things, but you, you do hear that used a lot.
1: In fairness, um, I think we actually say that for the podcast every single week. What a week we've got for you here. <laughs> what a week. Best episode ever. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, Okay, guilty. Yeah, we do that every single time as well. Mm. All right. Now, guys, that is essentially all we actually have time for. Uh, on this particular episode. Uh, what an episode it was. Obviously, got through plenty of cricket news. I had a little chat to Andrew Goaty there as well. Uh, but I'm sure if you're getting here, then you've probably already heard that. So there's not much point rehashing that. Mm-hmm. Is there skin? Nope excellent Um, well we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it for you guys if you did obviously get around us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you choose to listen to your podcast feel free to subscribe and give us a rating if you like it that would be ideal Uh, share it with a friend strictly if you like it strictly if you like (laughs) it in fact uh, don't rate it if you don't Um, so Skim we obviously want people to Uh, engage with us on our social media platforms as well that was social in fact thank um, you yeah, where, where can they find us there
3: uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter and even YouTube so yeah get in, get in contact with us give us a share or a shout out and send us a message for any any brilliant ideas you've gotten we'll see, hopefully get around to them in the in the coming weeks that's right we,
1: uh, we certainly love talking to you guys and we love talking about you even more don't we Has sure do fantastic uh, thank you very much Haz best of wishes for your game tomorrow
2: thanks mate
1: that's important, obviously. Uh, and skin, best wishes in the future. Thanks. No worries. At all. <laughs> thanks, guys. See you next episode. So, uh, thanks for being with us. Bye.
0: Should I be hearing you? So I can hear my dog barking. <laughs> no, nah, if we could hear less of that, that would
1: be ideal. Um, uh, ready let's
0: do it you you press record the red bar I've got it I've got it imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time